All right, everybody, welcome to episode 147 of the Fantasy Timeline, a proud of the Dynasty Addicts Podcast Network. I'm Josh at Real Fantasy TL. I am with the co-host with the most, Drew at DR underscore PRA. Drew, how are you doing? Oh, it is so good to have some real football to talk about. Dude, let's go. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're not going to get too far into it, to be honest, because we don't do the news in the, in the, uh, in the regular season. We leave that for other podcasts. They, every, a lot of people do a really good job cutting that, breaking it down, telling you what it's all about. We are going to get into, though, the good, the bad, mm. and the ugly of week one. Boom. There it is. The good, the bad, the ugly. So, Drew, I'm going to start us off here. Usually, you know, we, we talk about players, maybe teams, when we do good, bad, and ugly. But you know what was good this week? Football being back. So good. And you know what? About 90% of the games were good. They were exciting. Real football games. Yep. Or even, even in some blowout situations like, you know, uh, Kansas City versus Arizona. Patrick Mahomes throws five touchdowns. So even maybe if you're your real team got beat down. You could get bolstered by some fantasy goodness. So that was the that was my good from week one. Drew, what about you, man? What was your good from week one? Oh, man, I, I did pick a player, and it's somebody that we've been speculating about, and it's kind of been all over the place depending on uh, what your perspective is of his team, uh, some of his injuries he's had. Um, but I know a few of the, the folks here in the DAP network were uh, in on him this year, a couple of fluke injuries last year, and that's Saquon. And it was so good to see Saquon be Saquon. Explosive, big plays, put the team on his back, um, over 100 and almost 200 all-purpose yards in the game, touchdown, and a game-winning two-point conversion. Uh, love, I saw somebody tweet out there, the era of playing not to lose is over for the Giants, and I love that call by Dable at the end to go for two. Put it in the hands of your best playmaker. Let's go. Can I say, first of all, I went on such a roller coaster ride with Saquon this offseason. I started real low. I said, Oh, I want Saquon. And then as the, the offseason progressed, I went up, 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 that steady rise. And week one was that that point where you get to the top and you're so excited. You're like, yo, man, this is going to be so much fun. And then Saquon went out there and crushed it, man. He crushed it. Good for Saquon himself, battling the injuries, like you said, Drew. And what a difference, not even a year, about what, nine months, ten months makes? What was it, week? What was that, 15, I think, where Joe Judge mm, is QB mm-hmm. sneaking on third and 15 in their own end zone? Just, just you're like, huh? 
Like, no. well, we're just giving up now. We don't even play anymore. And Brian Dable says, not only do we play, but we play to win. We don't play for ties. We're, we're not the Colts. We're not the Denver Broncos. We're not none of these teams that are out here just, just hoping to get by with a tie. They're winning. They're trying to win games. Good, good for that, that fan base, which, you know, listen, I, I'm, you know, everybody knows I'm a Cowboys fan, you know, but Giants got a long storied history. Uh, they've won a couple Super Bowls over the last, uh, what, 15, 20 years. So, you know, about that time. And they've fallen on some hard times. And it's good that they have a head coach in place that is really trying to bring them back to the top. So uh, good on Saquon, uh, good on the Giants. All right, my bad for this week. Injuries. A lot of analysts were saying, hey, we made it through the preseason, no big injuries. Hey, let's give ourselves a round of applause. (sighs) Karma came back and said, hold my beer. I mean, I'm just going to name the big ones. Dak, hand injury. T. Higgins, concussion. Uh, Keenan Allen, quad. Mac Jones, back. Juan Dele, as we call him on the timeline. (laughs) Everyone else calls him Juan Dale Robinson with a knee issue. Najee Harris, who has a high ankle sprain but might play but probably isn't really going to play. That's a weird situation that they're trying to put out there in Pittsburgh right now. Um, Elijah Mitchell going to be out for two months. Uh, and, and Chris Godwin, you know, coming back from the knee injury and now he's got a hamstring injury. <sighs> Dude. We should have just kept quiet when we made it out of preseason with pretty much no big time injuries. Yeah. But we had to brag. We had to go. <laughs> hey, look, guys, all, all of our guys are here and they're, they're doing great. And it's like, okay. The football god said, now you pay the price. And we paid the price in in week one. You know, some of the injuries, obviously, are going to be longer than others. Uh, We know about Elijah Mitchell. He's going to be two months. Dak is six to eight weeks, even though Dr. Jerry Jones says it's only going to be four weeks. We'll we'll see what happens with that. It's a very similar injury to what um, Russell Wilson had. And he came back early, and he looked like a hot mm. steaming pile of garbage mm. for about three weeks. So yep. uh, I'm hoping that – I know Dak will want to come back because Dak, Dak loves the game. Dak wants to play. He's a competitor. But I'm hoping the people who have the best interest of the organization as a whole wait till he's 100%, wait till he can really throw the ball. But it's Dallas. We'll see what happens. All right, Drew, what's your bad? Uh, I went a little broader for this one, and I feel like we did this last year too at some point, uh, but was not a great week to be an NFL kicker. A couple of uh, game winners, which granted Monday night, uh, what are you doing kicking a 64-yarder in Seattle when you have a 280-some million-dollar quarterback? Uh, I I get it if you're at home in Denver, you got the elevation. Maybe 64 is more realistic. Uh, But just going through, it looks like NFL kickers for week one were 81.9% made field goals. The average for 2021 was 85.1 for the year for kickers. And in 2020, it was 84.6. So about 85 is normal. Uh, so pretty, pretty good drop off. Um, you saw 
Rodrigo Blankenship, which I think a lot of us took maybe in eliminators and some of these other things to be a decent kicker to float us along. You know, somebody who won't get injured, won't get sat. He's released. Um, so yeah, not, not a good week to be uh, bad as a kicker or even just a regular kicker. Yeah. Harrison Bucker also for the chiefs uh, is hurt. So they're bringing up a kicker from the practice squad that Denver game. Just wow. I mean, uh, were you Titan, watching? Titans had a chance. Titans had a chance to Titans win it. Titans had a chance. Yep. Uh, Colts, again, like you mentioned, should have won that game. If their kicker had just done what he's supposed to do, they win. Um, that that Denver game, did you watch the Manning cast or were you watching the regular? I was working that night and I okay. was uh, trying to catch some of it driving home. I did see the clip of uh, Eli comparing. Peyton getting cut to Shannon Sharp getting <laughs> released, but that's about uh, it. The, the best clip is that last minute in Denver where they're lollygagging around. They're, they're at 62 times. Someone counted the amount of times that Peyton Manning <laughs> did this in the time that it took the Denver yeah. Broncos to do it once. Trying to will them to that timeout. I, I mean – that's how you you know Peyton loves the game. He obviously is not playing. He's got no skin in the game, and he is visibly pained by the fact that they wasted so much time just to. And he was even trying to make excuses. Oh, maybe they're going to try to draw him off sides. And he's like, "But, but you got to call. You got to. You're wasted." To even at the end, Eli was like, "Come on." Yeah, there's that an eight year old somewhere playing Madden. Throwing yeah. their controller because they didn't call a timeout. Yeah, I mean that, that was that was something else. But yeah, man, kickers uh, do better. That's all I gotta say. Do better. And I know uh, friend of the show Pat McAfee would probably roast me for saying that. But hey, kickers, you gotta do better. I mean, you you can win or lose games. <laughs> Again, hey. ask the Broncos, ask the Colts, ask the Titans. You can win or lose games. So, hey, this is this is a guy who rooted for Scott Norwood back in the day. So, have you ever have you seen the tweet with the uh, the guy wearing the Scott Norwood jersey, and it's all the way to the right? <laughs> I know it hurts you. I'm, I'm far enough past that I can laugh at it, but it still still hurts a little bit. All right, let's get to the ugly here. Uh, the ugly for week one was me. I was I was the ugly. Every player that I disparaged during the offseason, I, I think, had a big game. Uh, Gabe Davis, Davis, big game. I'm on Ross St. Brown, big game. Um, I'm trying to think. I, I was rolling through all of them in my head. And now, of course, uh, somebody now, you were right on, somebody I started in the league, not because of you, uh, Chase Claypool, terrible game. Yeah, I, I mean, I have my wins, but I feel like my losses were, and maybe it's just because you see the losses more than you see the wins. But I feel sure. like everyone that I that I even remotely, but even if I said it once, they they went out and they had a game. Uh, so, uh, listen, I'm gonna take my victory laps when I get it right, James Cook. Hey. But. Cousins I'm, had a great game with Jefferson. Well, Deontay I, maybe had the catch of the week. Well, listen, those are all, those are all my boys. My boys are my boys. <laughs> but 
if I disparaged you, if I talked good about you, you probably did all right. But if I disparaged you, you went out and I think they all, they all listen to the show. Obviously we know, we see where everybody's listening from. And they all came together and said, we're not going to let this stand. We are going to go, we're going to show him. And they showed me. So I'm going to take my victory laps when I'm right, but I'm also going to, oh, Michael Pittman, another one. He had a game. Um, had a game. Had a game. So I'm the ugly for this week, but that just means I got to do better. But I'm also going to take those victory laps when I'm right. So if I take the victory lap when I'm right, I got to call myself out when I'm wrong. Drew, what's your ugly for week one? Well, it kind of corresponds a little bit with what you started with here. Uh, also a way for me to go and celebrate my my home team bills, but uh, as good as the bills were three turnovers was not great. Uh, but then watching the Rams and specifically Matt Stafford, uh, you know, throwing the three picks uh, tough, tough week for them. Definitely uh, didn't seem like the same team that came back and won in that Super Bowl. Um, saw Von Miller come over, make an immediate impact with a couple of sacks uh, on the defensive side for the bills. Um, so as, as good as the bills looked, there were some, very ugly moments there. And you kind of lump probably a guy we talked about afterwards, Cam Akers into that group as well, uh, without having some proficiency in the running game. Uh, tough for Cooper Cup to do it all on his own. Uh, wasn't a ton there for Allen Robinson. He did. Cup had a game. Cup did what Cooper Cup does, but it's going to take more than that to, to repeat and go back and have another shot this year. And I uh, was just expecting another year in the system that, you know, Stafford would come out and, I think the line showed it, right? People were expecting, uh, you know, 51-plus points. Yep. Uh, that was one of those that I was definitely uh, okay betting the under because opening Thursday night is always a little bit touch and go. Everybody's feeling each other out some. Uh, but, you know, when you see 10-10 at halftime, it was ugly first half. You know? yeah. And you could tell some of the starters didn't play a lot of preseason. And even some of the folks that got injured, right, some of those guys maybe didn't get as much run in preseason. So now they're being asked to play a full 60 minutes at full speed. NFL pace. So um, we're in the swing of it now. I think we'll start to see quality increase this week and uh, excited for what this week will bring coming up. Yeah. So talking about your bills here, um, I have a serious question for you. Can I, you you know, I'm not sure how well versed you are on uh, like the English premier league and things like that. Can I, can I go out on loan as a bills fan just for the season? Um, you guys take me in, uh, I learned, I learned how to be a fan the right way. Uh, and then in 2023, uh, you guys kick me back to, uh, to being a Cowboys fan. Is that, is that how it works here? So what you're asking is to be promoted to a premier league team from yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I, championship I, division yeah. team. Okay. Yeah. Right, right. We can, we can talk about that. And, uh, right. really all I need you to do is send me a tape of you jumping through a table and I'll, I'll make my evaluation and oh, we'll go from there. If that's it, man, that that's fine. I'll set up a table. I'll climb a ladder <laughs> right off the ladder into the table. Let's do it. Let's more go. flames. The better, oh, the, man. the more we'll likely put, you're in. We'll put that, uh, we'll put that on, on YouTube. Uh, when that happens, uh, extra yeah. content there. Uh, I, uh, I actually told my boss her, she and her husband are, are pretty big Patriots fans. So I told him, listen, there the wagon, the wagon's got room. <laughs> Nobody circles the wagons like the Bills. Nobody's got room on the wagon like the Bills. So if you want to jump on this year, by all means, uh, it, it is hard not to love 
Josh Allen, Steph Diggs, what those guys are doing on the field, but even, you know, pregame, postgame, off the field, those guys just uh, good human beings from what we can tell. And it's a lot of fun to watch them do their thing. I mean, Josh Allen just seems like the type of dude that you like to sit down and have a, a, maybe a beer in my case, maybe a bourbon in your case, yeah. uh, and yeah. just hang out and just, just chat. And just, I want to you know. know what – if he if he auctioned off a round of golf with him in a cart for charity, dude, I I can only imagine what that would bring in oh, in proceeds. Six figures, easy, huge, easy. huge, easy. yeah, easy. Uh, you could start the bid at zero and it would hit. Oh yeah, first figures. bid's gonna be six figures, I think. Uh, um, that's what I'm saying. You could yeah. start it at zero and it's yeah. still gonna be. Six figure. You don't even need to juice yeah. that to to get the number up. You can start that at zero. That's going to be at six figures by the time somebody wins it. So, all right. So that that was the good, the bad, and the ugly from week one. So let's not let's not delay. Let's do this right here. What we mm. saw on the timeline this week and love that banner. You know, I got. Gotta, I gotta step my game up a New little season. bit in, in the the production department here, <laughs> and uh, let let's hit it off right. Uh, this first one here is from Superflex Junkie at Superflex Junkie. He said, "I'm wrestling with who to start between James Palmer and Jarvis Landry in my home redraft league this week. Does Jarvis keep it up, or does Palmer step it up?" So, Drew, before I allow you to answer this question. I have to give you your due. You were talking about Jarvis last week. You you said, hey, maybe get you a little bit of that Jarvis. Maybe Jarvis will be all right. And I, I poo-pooed it. I said, Jarvis, get, get out of here. <laughs> and you were right. I'm going to give you your credit. Jarvis went and he balled out. That was a weird game, but Jarvis did his part for his team and for fantasy. So, Drew, I'm going to let you take it away, and I'm going to say you were right. I appreciate that. Uh, I appreciate that about you. Um, And with that, I think this week I go Palmer. I think uh, looking at the matchup on Thursday night, it's going to be a, a good AFC West showdown. Uh, char- Chargers at the Chiefs. Uh, I think there could be there could be ten total touchdowns this night. There's going to be a lot of offense. I think um, divisional rivalry is going to be big. So uh, I I love uh, the upside and the opportunity. You know, Landry does not have that upside. He is you know outside of those fluky games where maybe he catches a touchdown and maybe he throws a touchdown. He's not a two-touchdown guy. He's not 150 yards uh, as a ceiling. He's going to be a, a very safe – if he's your wide receiver three or a flex, you're, you're very happy with what his average production should be. If you're going uh, to swing for the fences here and really have a, a – really, I think, a good shot at some, some big play opportunity, uh, I would go with uh, Palmer with Herbert throwing to him on a big game uh, on Thursday night, prime time. So – uh, I would go with Palmer if I had to choose between those two guys uh, this week personally. And just to to correct myself, it was typed this way, but I, I know better. I don't know why I said it. It's Josh Palmer, not James Palmer. Uh, 
that's my fault. I should have corrected it on the fly, but uh, it's been a long day. <laughs> it's been a long day for me personally, so uh, that's my bad. But we're talking about Josh Palmer here, just just in case uh, anybody's like uh, James Palmer. Who's that? Um, so deep sleeper, deep, deep, so deep. He's not even in the system yet. Um, this is an interesting one. Last week, <laughs> I would have said Jarvis Landry. <laughs> what are you talking about? Of course I'm going Josh Power. But the matchup is what's interesting to me. Because maybe it's Sean Payton. Maybe it's just sometime the team has your number. But the Saints are playing the Bucks. Yeah, the Bucks don't beat the Saints. It, it's just, it's the kryptonite. It's been Brady's kryptonite since he's moved to Tampa Bay. Don't know why. Um, I've never looked at those teams on paper and ever thought, Saints are the better team. Like, Saints. But they always come out with a win. So, if the Saints are going to win this game, are they going to get two touchdowns from Michael Thomas again? It's a possibility, but I, I I think that's kind of hard to chase. But could Jarvis Landry get a bunch of targets again? Because that's kind of what he's done his entire career, has been a dude who gets a bunch of targets. Chris Olave was fine. He, he was fine for his debut. But I still have my reservations about Chris Olave. I guess that's another person I disparaged that had a good – what was his line? Do you remember his line? Uh, I don't. I have to go find him here. Give me a well, second. I'll talk and, and you find it. So I do think that he can do it again. I do think he can get a bunch of targets. And that's kind of what you want. You want a guy that can get a bunch of targets. So Josh Palmer, what, even with, even with Keenan Allen, what is he? The the third option at best? And maybe the fourth, depending on if Gerald Everett is really a thing, which in the year of our Lord 2022, I did not think we would be saying. But <laughs> Gerald Everett could maybe be a thing. Actually started him on a team that I'm like completely rebuilding. Well, I'll throw this out there before you get too deep in that. Yeah. Looks like Keenan Allen has rolled out for Thursday night already. Right. Oh, yeah. I'm not even counting Keenan Allen. I'm, okay. I'm talking about Mike Williams, uh, Austin Eckler, you know, and then who's the third? Then possibly. Okay. Maybe Josh Palmer. Maybe Gerald Everett. I don't know. So, you know, do I want the possible fourth option? Yeah, that, that, I think that's going to be a fireworks game. I think we'll see a ton of points. But even in a game with a ton of points, do you really want the, the third or fourth option on one of those teams? Probably not. I mean, you know, I again, this is something I don't know, but what was the third or fourth option on the Chiefs last week where they scored a gazillion points? <laughs> like, probably not anyone that you would be really excited starting for fantasy. Maybe you would be. I don't know. It's a good but, question. Receiving last week for the Chiefs, Travis Kelsey was number one. Of course he was. Juju 
Smith Schuster was number two. Another one I disparaged that I got wrong. Go ahead. And MVS was number three. What what was his line? His line was four for forty four. Uh, if you want fantasy points, number three was Clyde Edwards Elaire, three for thirty two with two touchdowns, which unlikely right. again. Right. So, you know, are you look? You know, are you gonna get? You're gonna get turned up for a four for 44 performance. You know what I mean? And it, it, it's not to say that, you know, it's a direct corollary. Like the, the third option in this game is going to be the same as the third option in another game. But I, I'm just trying to, to point out the fact that even in a high scoring game where Patrick Mahomes was throwing touchdowns everywhere, the third option was four for 44. So that's kind of like what you have to keep in mind. Um, so I think I would actually go Landry. I, I'm shocked that in the span of a week, Man. we have flip-flopped. You hate that's you hate Landry now, and I am I am the one I don't hate Landry. Giving him support. You hate uh, Olave went three for four three catches for 41 yards, by the way. All right, I take it back. I scrub. I take it back. I got that one right. <laughs> you give me that one. Three for 41. Come on now. Come on, MVS went four for forty-four. Come on, yeah. you telling me he's as good as MVS? That's yeah. that's the logic I'm going to use in this situation. <laughs> uh, so, all right. So, uh, I, my bad, Mister Superflex Junkie, but we kind of didn't help you out there. <laughs> we we went two opposite ways, but yeah. you got some reasoning behind it. You you got some some facts and some figures, and and you can kind of uh, you can kind of make the decision from there. So our next one here is from our boy Jesse Shot at Jesse Shot. He says he has Judy, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, DJ Moore, Juju, Waddle, multiple firsts and seconds. He wants to consolidate for a push. Who would you go after and what would you give up? He said, I'm set on tight end. I kind of read that two different ways. I'm not sure if that meant he said on finding the tight end or he said on tight end and he doesn't mm. want us to discuss that position. Mm. We can do I both. Took, can do yeah, both. I, I kind of took it as he doesn't was need set it. at the position and yeah. didn't need it. But That's you how can I go, read it. You can, okay, so we both read it the same way. So we're going we're gonna to go with that. Okay. All right. So we have first. We have seconds. You know who I want after we disparaged the team he played on? Uh-oh. Javante Williams. Let me let me throw you a little, little stat out here, and I don't know if you've heard this stat or not. Only one player in week one caught more passes than Javante Williams, and that was Cooper Cup. Mm. That's it. One. One player. Mm. One guy. By the way, Javante, he plays that weird running back position. So he actually runs the ball too. So he can get you points in multiple ways. Uh, I like running backs that can get targeted. That's kind of a thing that I'm into. <laughs> so, you know, what can you give up? Do you think? Waddle and a second or two get you Javante? Or do you think it needs to be Waddle on the first? 
uh, as one of those Javante fans, uh, I think Waddle in a first is a starting point for me. Okay. So I think I could probably get there. Um, again, depending on it's early in the season to try to project, but you can kind of decide, is it in the top third, middle third, bottom third of the league? Where's that first since you have multiple firsts. So which one you've got could make a difference. Um, I mean, I, I like Jalen Waddle a lot as well. So, you know, he would be a so name that would definitely get my attention. Um, I, I think, honestly, I, I would, if you like Javante that, that much, I would let the person that has Javante rostered, if you want him that bad, you pick the wide receiver and I'll pick the first. You pick the first and I'll pick the wide receiver that goes with it. Let's see where we land. We'll collaborate on what this deal looks like. You know, that's not a bad idea because while I like a lot of the the wide receivers on this squad, I like DK, I like Deontay, I like DJ Moore, I like Waddle. I give any of them up and a first to get yep. to Javante. Yep, I, maybe I would. Maybe this team, you know, maybe they're a Broncos team and they want Judy back, who had a nice long score. You're hyped about him with Russ. You can have him. Have him, and I'll pick the first. Cool. I like like that. I like the, hey, let's make this happen. You pick one side. I'll pick the other side, and we'll make it happen. We'll we'll throw it all in the pot. I like that. I like that a lot. Uh, When you saw this, Drew, were there any deals that came to mind? Ah, uh, you know, I, I'm so I'm looking for somebody who maybe underperformed a little bit that I think I could get uh, better production out of, or maybe it's uh, an older running back that somebody wants to trade out for a younger wide receiver. And for me, I'm I'm looking at guys like uh, maybe Derrick Henry who underwhelmed this week. I'm looking to make a push for this year and maybe it only takes one piece or the other. Maybe it only takes DK Metcalf to get him or maybe you get something back on top of him. Right. Mm-hmm. Or maybe it takes, you know, whoever your lowest wide receiver is, or maybe it's Juju in a second because Juju looked good getting a few targets from Patrick Mahomes. He's got a big week coming up. Um, so those are some of the things, you know, and Austin Eckler who very balanced, who should be a bigger part of the offense moving forward. So maybe get Austin Eckler, who didn't have a touchdown, didn't have a lot of big plays that showed up uh, at the end of the game. And again, aging kind of guy, what does it take to get there? So uh, those are the types of guys that, you know, they could end up as a top three, top five running back this year. Slow start. Um, I love Javante. You know how I feel about that. Uh, Maybe it is a, you know, I know he said he's set at tight end, but can't say Kyle Pitts really impressed in week one. You know, maybe get somebody who's a little panicked with uh, with Mariota there. But maybe that's also you, dreaming. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think people are really panicked? Like, I just think if you have Kyle Pitts, you either love Kyle Pitts and you got him in the rookie draft, or you paid an arm and a leg to get him. Probably did. I can't imagine you just bailing 
after one bad week. I mean, you wouldn't there think. are going to be people that do it because not everybody plays in a league of, you know, podcasters and sharps and, and you know, people who are, you know, well experienced in, um, in playing. But I feel like those deals are going to be few and far between. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you right now, I don't know if I, if I mentioned this deal um, on this podcast, but in, in Trade Addicts 2, I traded Kyle Pitts, which I uh, like a curse word in the community. I traded <laughs> him. But I got Darren Waller in two firsts for Pitts. So, oh, and a second, and a second. So I got I got Darren Waller two firsts and a second. That's a haul. Uh, all t- three picks. So I'm not I'm not waiting on 24 picks. I got all 23 picks. So I'm feeling that people that made trades probably like kind of sold out to get a Kyle Pitts, or they or they took him in the draft because they loved him and they'll never give him up. So yeah. I don't think one bad week. And I mean, I already see people on Twitter talking about when it when is um <laughs> when is Ritter, Ritter gonna start? <laughs> like they're already talking about it. Like, yeah. hey, like Marcus Mariota like blew like a massive lead. Like everyone was shocked. There everyone was like falling out of their chair that Atlanta was up and up big at any point in that game. Who's shocked? Who's shocked that that happens? I am with with Marcus Mariota <laughs> and Kyle Pitts, and that's it. Uh, and, and yeah, uh, Cordero Patterson having to take over at running back after. I mean, it was just yeah. I think uh, if you're set at, at tight end, another another spot to go again. You know, maybe somebody's got some quarterback stacked up. So again, if you're getting somebody that's impatient. Um, you know, maybe you can flip him for another quarterback you like or something. Uh, you know, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, they had a tough game because of the rain. So again, if you have somebody that's getting a little, a little impatient there, but yeah, I think running backs can be your best bet. Um, yep. Another good one. Uh, yeah. If you can get yourself to a guy like Javante, uh, by all means go for it. Um, but if you're pushing for somebody who's going to make an immediate impact, you either have to have a real good sense of who's going to turn it on the next couple of weeks uh, or you got to be willing to pay up to get one of those guys that you really, really like that's going to put you over the top. Or uh, this just c- came into my head because I-, I shouted out T-Law while, while you were talking. Um, maybe, maybe, get a, maybe go down like a half a step at wide receiver by trading one of these wide receivers, getting yourself Christian Kirk plus. He balled out. And I, and I think that's going to be a theme because guess what? The Jaguars aren't going to win a lot of games, which means they're going to be down a lot of games. Yep. And while Trevor Lawrence did not look flawless in that game, he threw for almost 300 yards. And I think I think Trevor Lawrence is going to have to throw a lot, and there's a better offensive coach, NFL coach, uh, kind of running things now. I think you're going to see a lot of uh, – a lot of Christian Kirk uh, coming out this season. So maybe you take the perceived downgrade with the Christian Kirk and getting yourself a little, little extra something, something on it to, uh, to bolster your, your lineup overall. Wow. But um, 
Cool. That that was a fun one. Uh, thank you, Jesse. And before we continue with what we saw on the timeline, let's go to the game of the week. Remember, everybody, use BetUS when you make your wagers and use the link that we're dropping in the comments because uh, not only do you get hooked up with a a great betting website, but it also helps us out. Now, Drew, I picked this game without you first, but I I want you to give me your honest opinion. I kind of threw some Jags talk in there too lead into this so that was a that was my little selfless way to make this all uh or selfish i should say way of making this all blend together but my game this week is the indianapolis colts at the jacksonville jaguars the jags are a four-point dog according to bet us and i looked that up yesterday so if the lines changed a little bit i apologize but I want to I want to drop this stat on you, Drew. The Colts, the Indianapolis Colts, have not won in Jacksonville since 2014. Mm. 14. And this is a Colts team that's coming off a stunning tie. <laughs> tie. To the Houston Texans. I love the tweet that's been rolling around. Uh, all four AFC South teams played in week one, and none of them have a win. And two of those teams played each other. Mm-hmm. Think about that. The NFC East, 2 0 against the AFC South. And then the other two teams couldn't find a way to beat each other. So they, the old week one tie, the way we love to see the uh, the season start off. Mm. And to be honest, we almost had another tie with the Steelers and the Bengals with all the missed kicks and block kicks and all that stuff. Kickers are important, people. Um, so listen, I don't know if the Jags are going to win it nine straight years, nine straight years, but I think they cover. I think they keep it close enough. Were the Colts amazing on offense? No. Were they amazing on defense? No. The Jags? I mean, they were okay on offense. Trevor Lawrence kind of threw him into that loss with that last second pick, but he was trying to win the game. He was, he was forcing it. You know, I, you know, I'm sure that Doug Peterson is sitting him down and saying, all right, you're probably going to be in this situation a lot with this team. This is what you need to look for. This is what you need to do. But Trevor Lawrence threw for almost 300 yards, had a touchdown, also had an interception. Um, I think they can keep it to within three. I think they can keep it a field goal game. And let's face it, if it's a field goal game, <laughs> can the Colts make one? It's we probably going to stay a field goal game. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know. So uh, I'm not telling people to bet the Jags money line, but bet this game. I, I think that I think that the Jags keep it close enough to uh, 
to to cover. And guess what? We were right last week. We told you guys bet that money on them dolphins. Mm. And boy, even if that line was ten, we would have been all right. <laughs> <laughs> they whitewashed the Patriots. Yeah. So, all right, Drew. Now, now it's it's time to get your your opinion. That did, did I pick a good one, or did I be just a bridge too far? Uh, I I think uh, I think you're absolutely right that four points is a a big window for the Jags to land it and stay close. I you know I don't. I, I forgot exactly what the over-under is on this. I want to say it's pretty low, like low 40s, 41 and a half, 42 points, something like that. So, you know, you're, you're talking about a, a 19 to 22 kind of a game here, 18 to 21. Like it, it could be pretty ugly. So, um, yeah, there's, there's plenty of outcomes here where it could be uh, a tight game, an ugly game. You know, it would not shock me if something out of this game showed up on our bad or ugly uh, talk next week so you know you have Jonathan Taylor which I, I think I think the Colts are are content to win however they can so if that means they've got to hand the ball 20 times control the clock and you know keep it a, a 17 to 20 score at the end of it I think they're happy with that so uh, I I'd feel pretty good about uh, taking that bet Jags so keep it within four I just looked it up on Bet US. The over under is 45 and a half. 40. Okay. So the the Colts were able to put 20 on the vaunted Houston Texans. Mm. Take that for what it's worth. Yeah. I'm not saying that the Colts aren't going to be better this week. But Jacksonville is going to be a weird team and they've been a weird team for the Colts. Yeah the past eight seasons. Yeah, so, we have that. And even, I mean, I'm thinking about the Josh Allen versus Josh Allen game for the Bills, right? So Wasn't that some, a weird game? Some some strange stuff happens. Uh, but yeah, that's the beauty of any given Sunday. Exactly. I mean, anything can happen. I mean, Bears beat the 49ers in a, in a flood. Um. Yeah, we saw we saw some crazy things. So that is our game of the week. And remember again, use Bet US to make your wagers. Uh, we dropped the link in the comments. They're also, if you're listening to us in podcast, they're going to be in the description. And uh, and have a good time and make some money off of this game. I hope you all made some money off of that uh, that Dolphins game last week. And I hope the uh, hope you didn't bet on the the pick I threw in the. Uh, the FTC, because we're going to be doing that too. We're going to be throwing some uh, some just for FTC uh, picks in there. I I messed up uh, Pitt, and um, see, I've already tried to erase it from my memory. I can't <laughs> even remember who Pitt uh, went into overtime, lost by seven with a six point with a six point window there. So, yeah. That's that's on me, guys. Uh, I'll do better. But uh, yeah, remember if you want to be in the FTC, get those picks. We're also going to be trying to put on picks. Tennessee. Another pick. What's that? Oh, Tennessee. That's right. Tennessee. Oh, gross. Um, we're also going to be trying to put a pick out Sunday morning, so that you guys can get a last minute bet out there on an NFL game. Uh, besides the one we dropped here. So remember, our link is there. It'll also be in the show description. And if you want to be in the FTC, 
uh, DM me, DM Drew, hit us up at Fantasy Timeline and say, hey, I want to be in, and it'll be in. It's just that easy. So now that we did that, let's get back to what we saw on the timeline. All right, this next one here is from Punk Rock FF at Molly Wingwald. Just got offered this in PPR straight up. Who would you rather have, Amari Cooper or Rashad Bateman? Not sure if this is redraft or dynasty. So we can take it from either aspect. Uh, the answer is the same for me. And Okay, so I think I know where you're going to go, but why don't you hit us with it? Is it Amari Cooper or is it Rashad Bateman? Oh, give me the guy who's got the elite quarterback now and in the future. Just got himself paid. Give me Rashad Bateman. I, I have generally been lower than the community on him, but between these two, I will take the youth and the years with Lamar Jackson. Um, no idea what the rest of this year will look like for Amari Cooper. And then, again, he'll be another year older next year, presumably when he gets Deshaun Watson back after a full off season together, training camp, et cetera. So um, pretty easily Rashad Bateman for me in this one. All right. I know that Amari Cooper has been in the league for 75 years, but next year he'll be 29 years old. As unbelievable as that sounds, he will, he will still not be in his thirties. That's great. I actually think he should have been in his 35 years ago, and we just keep saying he's 28 every year. Spotrack just keeps updating the current year age to 28, so he's just 28 forever. But I, I think in redraft, this is easy. I think it's Rashad Bateman. In Dynasty, I think it's a little bit di more difficult, though. Lamar Jackson doesn't have a contract. Well, let me rephrase that. He has a contract right now, obviously, but he's a free agent after next year. And you can go, all right, well, he is going to get tagged, right? That's the logical solution. He's going to get tagged. What if he pulls a, a Deshaun Watson? And I'm not talking about the illegal stuff, but I'm just talking about sitting out. He goes, you don't want to pay me, I don't want to play. He's making $23 million this year. For NFL quarterbacks, is that good money? No. For regular people, is that good money? Yes. <laughs> so he can go. He's getting money. I'm sure he's got endorsement deals out the yin-yang. Technical term. Plus the $23 million. Term. Yeah, insider term. Sorry. Um, plus the $23 million he's making this year. He's made you know, throughout his career. What if he just goes, you don't want to pay me? I don't want to play. He, wa he wants pretty much a Deshaun Watson contract. He wants $200 million fully guaranteed. And honestly, doesn't he deserve it? He's got more MVPs than Deshaun. Yep. He's got more playoff appearances than Deshaun. He's got more playoff wins than Deshaun. Doesn't he deserve it? I think he does. Yeah. The, the Ravens disagree with me, and 
that's fine because they 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 make the rules on who they sign to a contract, so they don't care what I have to say about it. But what if he what if he sits? What if he pulls a Deshaun and he gets traded? Rashad Bateman, who knows who he has? Are we talking about the Baltimore? Are we talking about Tyler Huntley? I I think he's I think he's all right, but you know, do they spend a third or a fourth rounder on a quarterback? Maybe. Like, I don't know. Guess what I know about Amari? Yeah, it's gonna be a rough eleven games with Jacoby Beef Brisket. But after that, it's Deshaun Watson. And like friend of the show, Kirk Cousins says, You like that? I like that. So I said all that to say I still probably want Rashad Bateman in Dynasty. <laughs> But it's at least I think it's at least a conversation mm-hmm. to be had. Yeah, I I missed that. Uh, I fr- I just thought he was offered. I didn't realize they turned it down. So that that doesn't that still uh, yeah that changes it a little bit. But I think I still prefer the youth. But uh, that definitely makes it a little bit closer. So just want to throw that out there. All to say, I probably still take Rashad Bateman. <laughs> I I mean, I actually I acquired. Rashad Bateman and another deal that I'm all I'm almost positive I didn't talk about on this show. Again in TA2, I'm just beating up and doing something completely different with it. I traded Debo for Rashad Bateman and week one hero, Jahan Dotson. <laughs> that was that was that was a nice surprise. That was a nice little that worked little. out well. Hopefully you started Jahan Dotson. You, you, I'll tell you a funny story about that real quick. I didn't think that I did because this, this team, <laughs> this team is not good. This team, I, I'm rebuilding. Obviously, I said that earlier. And I said, oh, of course, I didn't start Jahan Dotson because, you know, why would I? And then, you know, I know a lot of people, they'll, they'll check their scores religiously during the games and they're like, oh, up to date. I don't check mine until after the Sunday night game is over. And lucky for me, the Sunday night game was over at halftime. So that's when I checked my score. And I was like, oh, I did start Jahan Dotson. <laughs> but don't worry. I, I played I played the uh the second highest point getter that week. So I still I still got the doors blown <laughs> off. But it was nice to see that he was in my starting lineup and you know I can at least get that respect that I started Jahan Dotson when he went off. So nice. Um so yeah, I did acquire Rashad Bateman. I do like Rashad Bateman, but after this year, it could get a little dicey depending on what the Ravens decide they want to do with uh, with Lamar Jackson. So let's hit this next one here. This is from Superflex Advice at Advice Superflex. Acres trade value thread, and I just grabbed the first one here because I wanted to talk about Cam Ron. Acres. Mm. So here's the poll. Is it Cameron Acres or a 2023 early second round pick? Drew, what side you got here? <laughs> Give me the pick. Give me the pick too. <laughs> Easy part. Uh 64% said give me the pick. 36% said give me acres. So 
we we have you and I we we co-own a team. We had a we had a fun Cam Akers experience, right? We got we got an offer made for Cam Akers, and this was before the Sunday games came into play. Uh, first one was Cam Akers for Brandon Cooks, straight up. And I said, I know that my man does not watch the show because me and friend of the show, Bobby Koch, love Brandon Cooks. It was actually, it was actually one of my directives in the startup draft that we get Brandon Cooks. And we got him. I love Brandon Cooks. I've loved him since forever. I'm not trading him for Cam Akers, who I have disparaged <laughs> since halfway through his rookie season, I think. Because I actually liked him as a prospect coming out. And I thought, oh, I said, oh, man, the, uh, the Rams, all right, the pass blocking of the offensive line, even back then, wasn't anything to get happy about. They played at Florida State. Their offensive line was one of the worst in the country. It's happy, all right, behind at least competent NFL linemen. It wasn't that great. And then the Achilles happened. And then everyone got excited. He's back in the playoffs, man. He's coming back. Okay. And he looked like hot garbage. Hot July garbage. And everyone said, well, he came back really quick. You got to give him a pass. And I said, well, if he was going to stink up the joint, why do I need to give him a pass? Shouldn't he have known he was going to stink up the joint? Shouldn't the coaches have known he was going to stink up the joint and not put him in? So then it was, you know, preseason. Cam Akers, man, he's going to have the whole offseason, and he's going to have training camp, and he's going to do this, and he's going to do that. And then you hear the rumblings. Darrell Henderson. They're going to split. Darrell Henderson is the real starter. I said, what? Darrell Henderson's the real starter. What are we doing here? And then we saw in that game, Darrell Henderson is the real starter. So a guy that I wasn't high on, that then plays like garbage. And I, I saw a tweet and it made me laugh and it made me groan at the same time. Someone tweeted that Cam Akers and Queen Elizabeth had the same amount of yards on Thursday. Too it soon. made me laugh and it made me groan at the same time. Too soon. Because like he's right. Like a insert King Charles, in, insert Harry. You or me. Right. Anybody. Anybody who does not play in the NFL had as many yards as Cam Akers. So we got an offer. Well, I don't even remember. I don't remember. That was one offer. And then another one was like Tony Pollard in a piece for Cam Akers in a piece. And I was like, I'm going to counter for a fourth. And the response we got was, uh, I didn't see where Cam Akers' legs fell off. 
And I kept it in because we co-owned that team. So I did not, mm-hmm. I didn't want to put bad Appreciate vibes that. on you. Appreciate but that. my response was going to be, I guess you didn't watch that game. Because it looks like his legs done fell off. Like, what was it? Three carries for zero yards? Yeah, it was. Like, like listen. It, it was ugly. I know brighter days are ahead. They have the Falcons. That, that's probably going to be a bloodbath. They're going to be pissed off that the Bills embarrassed them. My favorite team, the Bills, embarrassed them. Drew's favorite team, the Bills, embarrassed them. But they're going to have to play a pretty good San Francisco defense twice. Apparently, Seattle, Geno Smith was all they needed all these years at quarterback. They, they got to play the Geno Smith Express twice. Like, I, I, you know, I just don't know when I will ever be able to trust Cam Akers. Because you know what happens if Cam Akers comes out next week and he goes 20 carries for 95 yards and a touchdown? Am I supposed to get excited because he beat up on the Falcons? Is he a guy that I only play against bad teams? Like, like, what do we do here? I don't know what to do. So, honestly, I'm I'm personally, and this is me personally, I'm not acquiring Cam Akers for anything more than a third round pick. A third round pick is like, all right, I'll take I'll take the headache in my life for a third round pick. Cool. Because what am I going to get with a third round pick, really? Even in the vaunted 2023 draft that we all love, what am I going to get? So I don't know. So, you know, that's how I feel. What if you were if you were out there in the streets right now trying to acquire Cam Akers, and I know you're not, but put on put on the hat of somebody that would try to acquire Cam Akers, what would you realistically be okay giving up to get yourself some Cam Akers? Uh, yeah, I think pick wise, a third makes sense, maybe a third this year and maybe a third in 2024, if you really want to get it done. Um, I'm looking down at the end of my wide receiver bench. So I don't even know where, where I would draw that line. Uh, would you rather have Cam Akers or Nico Collins? Nico Collins. Okay. (laughs) Would you rather have... Cam Akers or Kadarius Tony? God, that's tough. I don't like neither one of those dudes. And I, <laughs> I haven't. Um, I guess Kadarius Tony because maybe guys get injured and he can get on the field. And he's shown that when he's on the field, he can do stuff. But do you want Cam Akers or Nicole Hardman? Oh, God, two more guys that I. Freaking despise. <laughs> um, I, I want Miko because he's a part of the Kansas City offense. Yeah, uh, I think I know where the answer is on this one, and I, I think I land right there with you. But I want Isaiah McKenzie over Cam Akers. Oh hell yeah! Somebody you brought up last week who had a a fine showing. I know he had that. Uh, he had that interception, and that was his interception. That was not Josh Allen's that interception. Was. That was that was his interception, and I said, "Oh, this dude." They, they're going to be done with him. And then he comes back with the touchdown, 
tells his sister that she's having a boy. That was that awesome. was awesome. Um, so, yeah, I mean, so, yeah. those are the types of guys down there at that end that I'm like, you know, after when you get down to, I, I would probably take Cam Akers over Kadarius Tony. I would probably take Cam Akers. Um, I forgot who else I put out there. You know, Nicole Hardman, I could flip a coin. Again, I'm talking about like, this is probably my wide receiver six or seven, right? Five, six, seven, somewhere in there on most teams um, where Cam Akers might be my running back four or five. Again, injuries to running backs later on in the season. So, um, so yeah, it's uh, it's what a tale of two uh, two experiences though. You see James Robinson in Week One and how he contributed to the Jags and, and how different that was. Uh, I actually tr- I tried to get James Robinson for a third before Week One, uh, and that did not work out. I should have been a little bit more aggressive, I guess. But uh, but I mean, let's face it. James Robinson is the only dude so far that has done the Achilles and has come back and looked reputable. Yeah. Like, th- this is what every, all the Cam Akers people wanted Cam Akers to be yep. when he came back. And he looks like every other person that's ever tried to come back from an Achilles. Like... James Robinson is special. It just sucks that Urban Meyer ran that team last year and thought that, well, first of all, he wanted Kadarius Tony. That, that was the best part. Like, not only did you make a pick, and I actually argued with people about this who said Travis CTM was a bad pick at the time because I said, we don't know what these guys are going to do. So we can't say it's a bad pick because if Travis CTN became a Hall of Fame running back. We would be like, well, that was, that was, you know, they actually got value on him because they got him at the end of the first round. So, but a good organization would have said, we got James Robinson, an undrafted free agent who we're paying next to nothing for, who's mm-hmm. producing out of his mind. And we have, I don't know, 21 other needs. I guess technically 20 because they drafted Trevor Lawrence. So 20 other needs. Why don't we pick one of those other positions and keep it moving? And then Doug Peterson's like, well, here I am. I have these two guys now. I got to figure out a way to use both of them. And I, I think he did. I think it was almost like 50-50, right, in snaps. I, I, yeah, I they had pretty, very pretty close. Yeah, they had very similar stat lines. Obviously, James Robinson did a little bit more of the receiving work, but – I mean, he came back, he looked good. And if he keeps it going, he he's going to be the first person to come back from the Achilles where we go, okay, maybe this is a thing now. Maybe people can come back from Achilles. So uh, I'm pulling for him. I hope, he, I hope he does really well, actually. I hope he, I hope he shows out. Um, I, love the, uh, I love when the undrafted free agents come and ball out. So yeah. um, that's a good one. You got, uh, let's see here. You got time for one more? Let's do one more. All right, cool. Uh, this is from JRC at Viking Power 72. This is a dynasty question here. Who do I start alongside Javante Williams? Or are they too close and matchup dependent? Now, first of all, I will say this. When setting lineups in dynasty, you're pretty much in redraft at that point. You're just, unless you're tanking, you're trying to you're trying to put together the best lineup humanly possible. 
So here are the choices. Uh, Travis Etienne, and I actually added the matchups here, so if that gave you any context. Travis Etienne against the Colts. Josh Jacobs against the Arizona Cardinals. A.J. Dillon versus the Chicago Bears. Or one of Brees Hall or Michael Carter starting against the Browns. Who do you have here? Mm. Uh, yeah. <laughs> hey, I'm, I'm sending some trade offers first. That's what I'm doing. Uh, really? Okay. You, got, you got some running backs to move. Um, I would be consolidating a couple of these guys or one of these guys in a pick or something and get yourself the clear number two. Get yourself to Saquon uh, with one of these younger guys, maybe. Somebody, oh, you maybe you're. Get now he's old he's injury prone he he just totaled like nine thousand yards you ain't getting saquon for for a song (laughs) anymore you should have done that in the off season hey you don't you don't think Brees hall would get you saquon would you trade would would you give up saquon to get Brees hall if you're even middle of the table middle of the standings would you make that trade it depends. What if you think you can get a playoff spot with with your team currently constructed? Yeah, if you have to keep it as is, that's pro- that's a little riskier. But again, depending on who's got Saquon, maybe that team is. And by the way, Bre- Brees Hall ain't beating out Michael Carter yet. <laughs> I'm just putting He's that not. out there. He's not. But uh, anyhow, out of this group, um, man, that's that's tough. I. I still probably stand by my man, Josh Jacobs. Dude, I wish I could find somebody that loved me as much as Drew <laughs> loves Josh Jacobs. In 2022. Ever, ever. I think you've loved Josh Jacobs for a couple of years now. <laughs> I've just loved him since the end of last season, which, to be fair, was still a different year. I do like that. I do like that, though, because uh, we saw last week the Cardinals' defense is hot garbage. Yeah. Um, they might be, like, hot August garbage, but they're hot garbage. Um, and I think they're going to score some points. I mean, you know, I think that the, the Raiders are coming off of a tough loss. Uh, we've already seen that Devontae Adams can catch passes whenever. And from whoever he wants. So um, that's a good one. Uh, that's one that has the potential to be a high-scoring game. Um, I went with A.J. Dillon here. Uh, A.J. Dillon led the Packers in uh, receptions, receiving yards, and rushing yards, I think. There were three categories. I, I could be missing one. Um, against the Bears. And let's face it, the Bears are feeling themselves. They they got a big upset win in the in the monsoon. And that's not a good team. <laughs> that's not a good team. The what the weather the weather was the big equalizer in that game. That that brought those two teams on even or maybe some uneven footing uh in Soldier Field. Um, we've seen what A.J. Dillon can be. A.J. Dillon is going to be the do-everything. Do I think Aaron Jones is going to get more involved? 
Absolutely. And to be honest with you, uh, see, you see, Jesse was good. He said, Josh is smart. And then he said, for a Dallas fan. And this is why you don't come late, Jesse, because I'm on loan to the Buffalo fan base right now for the 2022 season. So uh, go Bills, Josh Allen, jumping through tables, the whole nine. I actually love Buffalo. I've been to Buffalo before. Uh, great city. I do love it. So I can actually say that I've been to Buffalo before. I've, I've driven past Orchard Park and everything. So I, I can actually say that, uh, that I've been there. And, you know, it's better than saying, like, oh, I want to be an L.A. Rams fan because I've never been to L.A., so I don't know nothing about it. But um, back to this. I think the Packers are going to – I think they're going to beat up <laughs> on the Bears. Aaron Rodgers is their daddy. We all know that. He said it. They've pretty much admitted it. And we saw this last year. They got they got curb stomped by the Saints last year, week one. Remember that game? We were like, oh, my. Aaron Rodgers is done. He can't do this anymore. And then the next game, I don't even remember who they played. It was a, it was a bloodbath. They blew out whoever it was. And I, I think we're going to see that kind of like, eh, yeah, I, you know, Aaron Rodgers doesn't really start playing until week two. He, he takes that extended offseason, gets himself another week. And I don't think the Bears have, have the weapons on offense or defense to, to keep up. Um, I'm, sure, I'm sure Aaron uh, has been yelling at Christian Watson for the entire week because I don't know how much more wide open he wanted to be in the NFL to just drop that right through his hands. I mean, we, we say that a lot on tough catches over the middle, jumping and exposing yourself. Oh, went right through his hands. He had a step, maybe a step and a half on the guy. And Mm. it was just, right through the hands. And did you hear Aaron Rodgers talk about that? He Mm-mm. said that was the designed first play. And Aaron Rodgers said he's going to get open. He's going to catch the ball. He's going to start his career with a touchdown. And after that, Watson had one more target the entire game, which he caught for nine yards. So, I don't expect to see any of these wide receivers show up unless Alan Lazard can play. So yeah. you're gonna see a, you're gonna see a lot of AJ Dillon. You're gonna see a lot of Aaron Jones. So yep. that would be that'd be my pick, JRC. So there you go. We got one vote for Jacobs, one vote for AJ Dillon, and uh, the results from the poll: fifty three point six percent for AJ Dillon. The correct answer. Uh, 25.5% for Travis Etienne. That, I think, surprised me a little bit. But again, that's why you should be betting them four points. You see, it all comes together. We can begin and end it uh, with that. Josh Jacobs, your pick at 10.9%. And then one of either Mm. Brees Hall or Michael Carter versus the Browns at 10%. Which, honestly... Do you want to? I mean, I think you can start um, Elijah Mitchell 
and Garrett Wilson. But, like, is there anyone else on that team you want to start? And I know Corey Davis had the – I think he actually had the best fantasy day out of all three of them. But – Wait, who would you say? You Elijah start... Moore. Okay. I'm saying – Besides those two, besides Moore and, and Wilson, do you want anyone yeah. else from that offense? Not yet. Not yet. That's why. That's why I don't think Saquon people would trade Brees for him yet. Because we've seen we've seen Saquon go off. We've seen the explosion. Looking like old Saquon. Brees Hall. Brees Hall. Looking like last year's Saquon. So, looks like I have a new best friend. Ooh, Jesse, I'll I'll call you up, man. Uh, as a as a newly minted Bills fan, we'll go. Mm. I'll jump through a table. We had, we'll Let's have some, go. Some, some beers. Let's do this thing, man. That would be that would be a great show. Uh, us going to a game. And just just live from the game, <laughs> just doing the timeline. But on that note, until that happens, thank you to everybody in the chat. It was great. I saw people coming in and out. Jesse was in here. Um, he called me a, a Dallas Cowboys fan. I have no idea why. Uh, go Bills. Bills Mafia forever. Um, remember, if you were watching, even if you didn't join in in the chat, that's cool. Just remember to subscribe. Make sure to hit the bell so you know when we go live. And uh, make sure you uh, you like, leave a comment. Let us know, you know, what you thought about it, what you liked, what you didn't like. Um, if you're listening to us in podcast form, listen, we get it. Wednesday at 9 is a tough draw um, for some people. Appreciate you listening on podcasts. An hour about 15 minutes, you'd be doing a lot of other things. You decide to spend it with us, and we do appreciate that. Uh, just remember to, again, subscribe. If uh, if you kind of were referred or you just found us, uh, we would appreciate that. And then rate and review if your platform allows. That helps us out. That allows us to uh, to be uh, more noticed out, out in those uh, those podcasting streets. Yes, please. And then, true, we got to get out of here, man. Late.